Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this uh, wonderful, wet and chilly Wednesday day. <laughs> and uh, trust everybody's doing well. And uh, hard to believe it's hunting day already. It's hard to believe it's the month of June already. It don't seem possible, but uh, just time's flying by. And uh, next thing you know, it's going to be Christmas again. It's a scary thought. But uh, hello, Jamie Linda Arnold. And uh, of course, y'all notice I'm wearing my cowboy hat that uh, my dad made me uh, uh, a few years ago. And I uh, love this hat. He hand shapes these. Uh, he, uh, he knows how to even put a cross in the top of those there. And uh, I, uh, since uh, I always wear my straw cowboy hat, he made me every morning when I do my devotions. And I thought, well, since it's uh, Father's Day uh, this Sunday, I don't normally wear these, uh, wear his hats when I uh, do Sunday night and Wednesday night service. But I thought, well, since Sunday is uh, Father's Day, I want to wear this in honor of him. So, I'm very appreciative. Um, let's see, Robert DeBray said, hey there, new hat I see, and uh, Sharon said, hey Matt, but, uh, but like I say, I always, of course, I always wear my straw when he made me every single morning and I do my devotions, but uh, but I hope everybody's had a great and fantabulous day today, and uh, Kimberly Mosier says hello, and hello back to you. But if you have any prayer requests, prayer concerns, be sure to put those in the comments section here so that we can address those here momentarily. Uh, and uh, we'll get to those here in just one second. But if you have your Bibles handy, uh, if you want to look at uh, Romans, let's see here. Well, my pages have turned on me here. Here we go, Romans 6, uh, verse 23. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. So if you have your Bibles handy or your device, or whatever it is that you use, Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And as me peppy always says, bless this reading, and the hearing of it to our hearts. Um, let's see here, a couple of Bible a couple of prayer requests uh, that uh, did uh, see, uh, I know Josh Banks, his brother Shane is battling cancer and it's not looking real good. And so he said, uh, Josh, for those who don't know, was our former uh, youth pastor. And uh, his brother is uh, uh, doesn't look real good. So uh, I thought we'd definitely be praying. Uh, Larky Tyree, hello, sir. Good to see you. And uh, Mr. Earl White has sent me a message. Um, he said to put Susan... Carl on the prayer list, uh, she's also battling cancer, so we'll definitely be keeping her in prayer as well. Uh, trying to think, uh, see here, of course we need to keep Kim Penix in prayer, and uh, Ginger Hood, uh, Roger Winters, Mr. Murph. Uh, we need to keep, um, uh, goodness, Ron and Thelma Thompson, and um, uh, Robert Brace of Pray for America, and Big Christ Revival, all of our military, military Members far away, yes, sir. Most definitely be praying, all of our police officers as well. And uh, be praying for dad. Uh, he said he wasn't feeling too good uh, uh, today, so be sure to keep him in your prayers. Um, trying to think, I know there was more. Uh, oh, I know, uh, Darling Barker's stepdad, she said to be praying for him as well. And uh, that's all I can think of right now. If you have any others, be sure to put those in the comments section here. And uh, if I don't get to those, then, uh, hey, uh, all those who are watching can see those concerns, and uh, we can pray for, pray for one another. So let's go ahead and bow our heads and in prayer. 
Dear Father, Lord, we thank you and love you and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful and beautiful day that you bless us with. Thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come together and meet and to worship. And Lord, uh, help us, uh, guide us, direct us in all things for your glory, Lord Jesus. And uh, Lord, we'll lift up these uh, prayer requests, concerns that were just mentioned. And Lord, uh, especially uh, for Josh Banks' uh, brother, Lord Jesus, that you will uh, bring healing upon him and uh, be with him and his family during this difficult time. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with Kim Penix, bring healing upon her and uh, Wendy Lee. Uh, Lord, I pray that um, you'll be with the Verda Campbell's uh, sister and Richard Campbell's father. I pray, Lord Jesus, be Ron and Thelma Thompson. I pray that you'll be uh, with uh, Earl Watts' uh, request uh, for this uh, woman who's uh, battling cancer, Lord Jesus, uh, that you will uh, bring healing upon her as well. I pray that you be with Ginger Hood and Linda Feathers and Roger Winters. And uh, Lord, just pray that you be with my dad and bring healing upon him. And Lord, just pray that you'll get, lead us and God us, protect us. Lord, be with our police officers. Lord, let them know that they are loved, needed, and appreciated. Bring protection about them. Lord, be with our nation. And uh, Lord, let hearts and minds come to know you before it's too late. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate you all uh, uh, watching this evening and uh, glad that we can come together uh, on Sunday and Wednesday evenings, even though it's uh, online and still be able to, uh, uh, to worship together. So praise God for that. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Uh, as far as announcements goes, uh, Sunday morning, uh, you know, if you, uh, some of you all may have heard Dad's uh, announcement uh, in regards that uh, if you can uh, help around 8 a.m. to uh, move. Uh, sound equipment it'd be much appreciated. I know the praise team is needing some help uh, getting that down to the outdoor stage. Weather permitting, uh, what I heard, uh, it, it sounds it sounds like it's going to be scattered uh, thunderstorms uh, on Sunday. So I don't know. That may change. You never know. But uh, if it is good weather, we're going to have an outdoor concert. And that being the case, we're asking everybody to have picnic on the grounds since it's Father's Day uh, weekend. Bring family, you know, bring your family, bring some food, bring your blanket, sit out there with this fellowship, eat, enjoy the, the music. Uh, and uh, so that'll be from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, this uh, Sunday morning. So uh, come on out to Fountain Life Bible Church and join us for that. Uh, no evening service, no online evening service because it is Father's Day. And I know a lot of people are uh, traveling and uh, spending time with family or grilling out and that sorts of things. And, uh, uh, and always, like I always say, you know, uh, be sensitive. Keep in mind there are people out there uh, whose, um, whose, whose fathers have uh, went on home to be with the Lord. And uh, uh, these holidays can be particularly uh, tough uh, on, uh, on these individuals. So uh, let's uh, be sure and pray for those who are having to deal with that kind of loss. These holidays bring up a lot of emotion and it's uh, difficult for, for a lot of people and uh, rightly so. And I, I praise God that both my parents are still living, and uh, so I'm blessed. And uh, so be, but there are a lot of those out there who uh, who don't have that. So please, uh, please be sure and keep them in in your prayers. Uh, so. Uh, you know, of course, I do my daily devotions every morning at uh, 7.15 a.m. You can watch, of course, most of you watching here on social media realize that, but those who are watching on the website may not be aware, and they can watch on the website uh, along with those on uh, social media at 7.15 every morning as I do those live devotions. Um, and praise God, man. It's been, uh, I tell you, it just uh, here recently I've, I've really... Um, 
noticed uh, a good response uh, to those devotions, and I appreciate all those who watch every morning. Appreciate the uh, positive uh, emails uh, that I receive and comments, and I praise God for any good uh, for using me uh, for His glory in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, but uh, that's about it for all I can think of right now, announcement-wise, and uh, we're just going to keep on chugging along, people. But um, so um, I'm trying to think here. Um, I guess that's it. I was trying to think there's something else I need to tell you, but I guess that's it. Let's go ahead and dive into our Bible verses this evening. We're going to look at uh, Hebrews chapter 9, 11 through 14. So if you have uh, your Bibles handy, be sure and get those out. Hebrews chapter 9, 11 through 14. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, but then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of his, his creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption, for if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from the dead works to serve the living God? And uh, so let's go ahead and have another word of prayer and we'll dive right into this. Lord Jesus, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will help us and guide us in your word this evening. Uh, Lord, lead us and uh, Lord, help us to, to learn. Uh, let us to help us to, to be edified. Help us to be equipped. Lord, let us grow to spiritual maturity. Never let us stop growing. Never let us stop trying to serve you, Lord Jesus. And uh, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will fill this room. I pray that your Holy Spirit will fill every uh, home and uh, wherever people are at that are watching that your spirit will be evident and felt uh, as you guide us in your word this evening lord we thank you we love you and we praise you in jesus name i pray amen all right so looking at these verses here uh we see this here now but when christ appears a high priest and of course we're looking at verse 11 of hebrews chapter 9 and again I, of course i always I'm using English Standard Version for the purpose of our study, all right? So that's so if you're not using a Standard Version, you'll understand why. Uh, but anyway, um, let's see here. Uh, for good things that have come, even through the greater, more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not this creation. Now, um, of course, the tabernacle, obviously, was built by human hands. Uh, it was built by man. Uh, it was uh, declared by God how it should be structured how it should be built and uh, and so we, you know when you see that earthly tabernacle we see that Jesus Christ uh, is a type of remember all this is like a foreshadowing remember all this is like a shadow of the realities of things to come alright and so uh, we see that uh, Jesus Christ uh, that his body was actually a type of tabernacle if you will uh, that in order for us to be able to be in the presence of God and so, you know, that's one thing that we have to understand here is the reality of what we're seeing. You know, I has, uh, you know, you know we, we talk about dreams. And, you know, I, 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 I was talking about, I can't remember it was this morning, might have been yesterday in regards to dreams. And, uh, you know, I don't put a lot of stock in dreams. It is, um, 
you know, in my according to my graduate studies professor uh, in counseling, uh, he said that usually between about 15 to 30 minutes before you go to sleep, it's usually whatever you've watched on TV, something's been on your mind, something you've read. That's generally what you will will try to try to read about. Like I said the other night, I dreamed that I was uh, uh, talking to uh, um, uh, Dinesh D'Souza and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, dream, I dreamed that I was uh, in a classroom setting, and for whatever reason, mom and dad was there, and come to find out, dad had brought him in to speak. I have no clue as to why I dreamed that. I have no idea. And I remember dad looking at me and saying, see, look at the kind of people I'm able to bring in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I don't have a clue why I dreamed that at all. Uh, but, you know, that is a dream state, and then you wake up to our reality uh, and uh, sometimes a dream can be formed. You go on some some really grand adventures, and you have to wake up to reality. And you're like, oh, this again. But this is just a shadow, a, a dreamlike compared to the realities of heaven, the realities of of, of the glory of God. Uh, this may seem like a very, you know, this is a nightmare. You know, <laughs> keeping up with current events alone is a nightmare. I tell you, it's, it's about to the point you don't even want to turn on the news anymore because you just you don't even want to see what's going on. I like what somebody had on there said, "Would somebody please finish the game of Jumanji?" And when they when they reach the finish, say the name Jumanji so that this will all end to be over because of all the crazy chaos that's going on. But this is the nightmare. This is like the dreamlike uh, state uh, that we are in before we see the realities of heaven, the glories of heaven, and what God has created. And Jesus made, laid that way for us to be able to enjoy uh, our eternity with God Almighty. For those who choose uh, to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, you will get to inherit uh, the things of the kingdom. We are joint heirs to the throne. We are princes and princesses, heirs to the throne of God. And so, you know, I you know, often wonder, what are the realities of heaven going to be like? You know, we, we see, you know, so I told my wife, um, we sitting at our patio, we sitting there talking, and I said, you know, I, I love, even when I was a kid, uh, you know, this may seem, seem weird to you, I don't know, maybe not, but I always loved just sitting and staring and watching the wind blow through the trees. I don't know, something about it has always fascinated me. I just love, to me, it's, it's almost like uh, seeing the invisible hand of God at work. I don't know, you know, it's like even the glories of our trees praise His name. You know, it's almost in the rustle of the leaves, you, you know, it's almost like it's praising God. And I remember just laying on my back and just staring at clouds, I like laying in the fields. And, you know, and I, I was telling her, I said, do you ever wonder... Uh, you know, once we're gone, you know, what was it going to be like? You know, you know, I love watching the ocean, and I, I love watching the trees, and I love seeing these things. And and this is pale comparison to what we're going to see and and be revealed to us in heaven. And I often wonder, wonder what it's going to be like, what we're going to see, what creations, you know, our imaginations, again, it's just a pale reflection of the things that God has given us. Our, our greatest imagination is pales to what we may see in heaven. We may see animals that we have never seen before. We may see trees that we've never seen before. You know, who knows what's going to be revealed to us. I mean, obviously, uh, we want to see Jesus Christ ultimately, and, and we want to see uh, those who went on before us. But uh, but to, to see 
the greatness of what God has made. I, you know, I often wonder, you know, what is that going to be like, and and how we're going to. Uh, uh, Brady's like, now we're going to know each other. I said, yes. I said, we, it says God's word says we're going to be known as we have known. I said, so I get to torment you for all of eternity. And she seems sad for some reason. But anyway, so we get to see that reality of heaven. But now, so we see this here that. Um, and good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect, not made with hands, that is not of his creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. So we're here, you know, as we were talking about uh, when we were last, uh, uh, I think, let's see, what is it, Sunday night. That we were talking about, you know, for, our, for the sins of the people at the time, uh, of the Old Testament, remember it took it had to take you know the the um, uh, priest, high priest had to use the blood of the bulls, and then you had the um, the goats and the ram, and of course you had uh, the one goat that I mean was for sacrifice. The other one was the scapegoat. Remember that they laid upon uh, their hands upon the the scapegoat, and all the sins of the people went upon that goat, and then it was let loose uh, into the wilderness. Is a symbolism of their sins being uh, let gone, and so, but that again, see, that was the problem, is that they, it was still a superficial uh, type of forgiveness for sins. It was they still couldn't have that full redemption that only Jesus Christ could provide, and so it's only through Christ perfection. His atoning work on the cross that allows us to be able to make us right with God the Father. That makes us uh, our sins to be completely, totally forgiven. Those done in secret, those done on purpose, uh, those done unintentionally, all sins are forgiven. You know, remember we talked about this. You know how you know you there, there's only you know the son the sins done intentionally could not be forgiven versus those done unintentionally. And then, you know, I don't know, you know, like I was saying, you know, most of our sins are probably done more intentionally than they are unintentionally. And you can only imagine the terror of, of trying to figure out, you know, trying to confess your sins, these priests, of you know, what do I do? But now we have full access to God and knowing and understanding that we will, we are and totally, completely forgiven of our sins. Now, we look over here, uh, continuing on, for if, uh, for if the blood of goats and bulls are sprinkling, oh, sorry, Gone too fast. Let me slow down. Verse 13. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh. Okay. So, now, one thing is that they, uh, you couldn't touch, you know, if you touched a dead body, you were considered defiled. All right. You were considered unclean. And if you touched anybody else, they were considered unclean. So they, in order to make yourself clean, remember these were purification uh, rituals that they were doing outwardly for to be clean. Uh, they had to kill a heifer, a red heifer. Now let me bring this um, up over here. Hold on here. There we go. All right. Um, oops, wrong one. Hold on here. All right, for those watching online, you can see, and here we go for those on social media. Now, they had the uh, red heifer, all right, and uh, it had to be without blemish. It couldn't have, like, any, um, like, black hairs or white hairs or anything like that. They had to uh, sprinkle the blood seven times. It had to be burned to ashes uh, along with a red cloth. And then it had to be uh, put in a jar uh, with water 
in order to be cleansed of those uh, uh, of those sins, uh, to be to be clean if you were defiled uh, as a uh, you know if you touched a dead body. That was the ritual that they had to go through. Now. You know, when you hear red heifer, automatically people are like, uh, oh no, that's, you know, they automatically think of a, uh, uh, of end times prophecy, okay? So, and you can see in Numbers 19 in particular, in fact, I'll come over here and read Numbers 19. If you want to read along with me, I want to read 19, 1 through 10. Now, I realize the slide on the website says uh, 1 through 22, but we're going to look at uh, 1 through 10. And, you know, and so if you want to know what a red heifer looks like, you kind of see there uh, the, uh, the kind of like a reddish-brownish uh, look to that. So kind of gives you an idea. I just think the visuals help. You know, it's one thing to talk about a red heifer. It's one thing to, um, um, you know, to, to go into detail talk about these things. But I think it helps to have a real clear visual so you know what we're talking about. But in uh, Numbers 19, 1 through 10, it says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, This is the statute of the law that the Lord has commanded. Tell the people of Israel to bring you a red heifer without defect, in which there is no blemish. And interesting enough, it also had to be a female, too. And on which a yoke has never come, and you shall give it to Eliezer, the priest, and they shall be taken outside the camp and slaughtered before him. And Eliezer, the priest, shall take some of his blood with his finger and sprinkle some of his blood toward the front of the tent of meeting seven times, and the heifer will be burned in his side, its skin, its flesh, and its blood with its tongue shall be burned. And the priest shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet yard and throw them into the fire, burning into the fire, burning the heifer. Then the priest shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp, but the priest shall be unclean until evening. The one who burns the heifer shall wash his clothes in water and bathe his body in water, and shall be unclean until evening. And man who is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and deposit them outside the camp in a clean place. And they shall be kept for the water, for the impurity, for the congregation of the people of Israel. It is sin offering, and the one who gathers the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. And this shall be a perpetual statue for the people of Israel and for the stranger who sojourns among them. So you see, all you know again, going back to all these different rituals, and all this was for outside purification, outward, uh, outward cleanliness, uh, and, and what is what that is referring to. But see, that's the problem. Everything was outwardly, and uh, to be cleansed uh, for the temple and these rituals. But they could be outwardly clean, but they could be inwardly perplexed. And see, that's the, what Jesus Christ come to do. Not to cleanse us outwardly, but to cleanse us inwardly. To make us whole, to make us complete, to make us right with God. You see, you can do all these outward rituals. You can do all these outward works. You know, we've talked about this before. And the fact that you can do outward works. You can try to do good things. You can try to uh, to appease um uh, you know those around you and, and make them think that you're a good person and, but if your heart's not right with God it doesn't matter how good you are it, it, you're going to spend an eternity in hell it is only an understanding accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior will you be able to enter into the gates of heaven and so everything they were doing were outwardly but what Jesus came to do helped us inwardly now in reference to the red heifer you know after the second temple uh, was destroyed Nine heifers were uh, were sacrificed uh, during these these types of rituals. Uh, it is stated.
I apologize for that. Uh, so um, uh, I think people forget that we're, we do our live uh, devotion, uh, live devotion, our live messages uh, on Wednesday evenings and uh, Sunday evenings, and they forget about the time. And and uh, so, but anyway, I'll call this individual back a little later. Uh, but anyway, um, it is said. Um, oh, uh, I, I want to say as Rabbi, their uh, mama these dies I can't remember anyway that uh, the uh, uh, the 10th heifer with red heifer would be uh, sacrificed by Jesus and the building of the third temple that when the red the, when this last red heifer uh, without blemish is is seen that that's an indication of Christ's return the temple will be rebuilt and uh, in 2018 there was a red heifer that was found you know again you know we we can look at these things, and it may very well be that uh, it could be an indication. But again, that was two years ago uh, that this heifer was uh, was was found. But you know, we don't know when Jesus Christ is going to return. Remember, the angels in heaven don't know when Jesus Christ is going to return. Uh, but we can have these different uh, uh, things that can point in the direction that the time is near. I think just what's going on in our nation alone right now, uh, the chaos, the evil, the fighting, uh, the uh, division uh, is, I'm telling you what, it's like, you know, it's like opening the Bible and, and, and seeing that the time has to be near. And uh, so... You know, if your heart isn't right with Jesus Christ, people, you better get it right today. It's just a matter of time. I truly believe. You know, I don't know that this generation, my generation, will see uh, Jesus Christ return. I hope so. That'd be great. Uh, me and my whole family just going with the Lord. That'd be uh, that'd be incredible. You know, that'd be awesome uh, when uh, when Jesus raptures us out. But um, uh. I think that we are in the living in the last days, but you know there you know, may not uh, may not be. Time's going to tell, but I'm telling you what, uh, one way or the other, we're going to meet. We stand for God, and whether it may be sooner or later, uh, but we're going to stand for God. If your heart ain't right, you better get it right today. But remember, you know, of course, you know, we see that religion gives us access to God uh, when, uh, uh, you know, uh, these different uh, rituals and things they were doing were giving them access to God to a certain extent. But through our understanding of what Jesus Christ done, we have complete and full access to God. And, um, you know, but here's some things, though, about um, uh, in regards to Jesus Christ between the sacrifices that we're seeing uh, here in the Old Testament and what Jesus Christ is has done. Remember that uh, when they sacrificed an animal, uh, it was, um, you know, it, it could be at a at, at random time. But with Jesus Christ, his sacrifice was voluntary. You know, the animal didn't volunteer to be sacrificed for sins, but Jesus Christ voluntarily sacrificed himself for sins, going in with full knowledge and understanding of what he was doing. And so that's, you know, we're kind of, and so, and we see also that this was spontaneous. And so when we see that it was spontaneous, it could be at any time, but Jesus Christ knew exactly when the time was going to be, when he would have to, you know, Jesus Christ even talked to his disciples and said, hey, you don't know uh, what these things are about, but you will, you know. And so he knew exactly when it was going to happen. Uh, we see that this was rational, uh, that, uh, that Jesus, you know, an animal is not rational. You know, they don't understand what's going on and what's happening uh, when they were doing these sacrifices. But with Jesus Christ, uh, he knew full and completely and totally uh, what he was doing. 
uh, when he offered himself a sacrifice for us and for our sins. And uh, immorally, uh, you know, obviously Jesus Christ had to be pure. He had to be fully God. He had to be fully man in order to atone for our sins. And that's why, you know, we compare that to the, uh, to the um, uh, without any spot, any spot or blemish uh, with these heifers, that um, uh, they had to be pure uh, physically in order to atone uh, for the super for these sins, uh, still didn't give him complete access to God, but Jesus Christ had to be pure internally uh, and in all things uh, in order to atone for our sins permanently. So you know you see these these shadows again. We see these shadows of these things that were happening then uh, to bring us the reality of what Jesus Christ had to do to atone for our sins for all of eternity. So you know, so we you know. I think it's important to uh, to understand to see those kind of things. Now, um, let's see here. I'm trying to think, if we're seeing anything else. I need to hit on that one particular topic. Um, verse fourteen. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, to purify our conscience from the dead works to serve the living God? Now, conscience. I think that's what it. Uh, I think that's part of the heart of uh, the teaching uh, this evening is dealing with our our conscience. So many people, uh, their conscience can lead them astray. Their conscience can uh, confuse them. You know, you always hear, always hear the term, what does your heart say? In other words, what does your conscience tell you? Depending on your upraising, your, 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 sorry, your, upraising, your raising and your upbringing, you're going to hear in a second, uh, can... Uh, totally have an effect on how what your conscience tells you is right or wrong. Now, when, uh, let me get over here just a second here. Hold on here. Now, my wife, when she gets very upset, everybody knows when she gets very upset, you uh, better watch out because she is going to scream, Jiminy Cricket. All right, so that is what she, uh, she's going to yell that out. So if you hear her say that, you know that uh, you're in big trouble. And I like what Jiminy Cricket says, a conscience is that still small voice that people won't listen to. All right? So, uh, uh, just a little uh, little funny there, because I know my wife, uh, she's probably watching this evening, and uh, she's probably, you know, so even her kids, when she works at the school, knows when she says Jiminy Cricket, you better watch out. Well, that was very interesting, though, in this quote, a, a conscience is that small voice that people won't listen to, uh, that still small voice. You know, it is that still small voice that we have to listen to that is Jesus Christ. See, that's how our conscience uh, leads us in the right direction. If you're conscious, if you are uh, become a child of God, and you become that new creation in Christ Jesus, uh, that still small voice, God's voice, is what guides us and directs us in, in all things in all areas of our lives. So when you look at the word conscience in Greek, it's uh, synodis. I had to pronounce perfectly before I did this tonight, and watch me screw up. Synodesis, all right? And it's moral awareness is what we're looking at when we, when we look at um, uh, the word conscience. Uh, a conscience uh, can be, you know, is that world, you know, well, that's one thing um, 
when it come to the children of Israel. You know, it wasn't so much a personal thing in regards to conscience, it was more of a communal uh, thing that uh, the children of Israel were right with God. But with us, uh, our worldview, our conscience is a personal endeavor, and our conscience can be compromised. You know, when you look at uh, Adam and Eve, and that's when, you know, just think, could you imagine we're living in a perfect world, a perfect society, and... Uh, I, mean, I couldn't imagine what life must have been like there in the Garden of Eden. And they had one rule. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's all they had one rule to follow. And they still messed it up. All right. And then they, once they took part, when they, once they gave in to that temptation, they took part of the fruit. And uh, when their eyes were opened, they knew they were naked. You know, when you see that word knew, uh, that's that's also or no, uh, oftentimes that's in, in the Bible. That's oftentimes used in a in a in a intimacy type of uh, uh, wording uh, in regards to uh, uh, you know, marriage between man and a woman. And so that's the bad thing when it comes to when it comes to evil. When it comes to sin, uh, we know it well on an intimate level. And uh, but here's the thing that God still covered their nakedness, but as a foreshadowing that Jesus Christ will cover our sins. You know, you see all these things in the Bible, all these things in the Old Testament, pointing uh, towards uh, what Jesus Christ is going to do for us to atone for all, to, to take care of all of our atone for all of our sins, all the wrong, all the hate, all the the the, the things that we need to ask for forgiveness for. Jesus Christ covers that in multi, in, in a major way. And to help us to cleanse us of our conscience. Now, our conscience, a lot of people do a lot of things to try to cleanse their conscience because uh, of the guilt and the shame that they feel. So they'll go to great lengths uh, to, uh, to, to atone what they think they have to do to atone for those sins. But, you know, like I was saying, when you look at the Old Testament pointing constantly to the things of Jesus Christ, you know, it amazes me uh, the amount of individuals out there uh, who want to totally discount and do away with the Old Testament. It, it amazes me. I just I don't get that. You know, uh, you, you have the... Um, uh, what's the matter with me tonight? My mind just went blank on me. The um, uh, dispensationalists, I'll get here in a second. The dispensationalists uh, try to say that, uh, uh, you know, the Israel is separate from the church. But then we read in again in, in Romans that the, the you know the, the how we are grafted in, so we know that Israel is the church, and uh, so that that does apply. We understand that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that uh, that we obviously don't. That's the whole what we're looking at here. You know, they're they're still wanting to some the the, the listeners of this time were still wanting to be pulled in to all those many years of of rituals and, and cleansings, all these outwardly things, and you know again. You know, he's trying to, the writer's trying to show them a better way uh, than what they were doing before so they don't get pulled back into that old way of thinking. And obviously, we don't do uh, adhere to Old Testament law, but we still uh, uh, you know, uh, abide by, you know, like the, the moral law. We still abide by the, the Ten Commandments. There's still things in there that we can glean from that still apply to us today. You know, uh, I was in uh, uh, sort of a, uh, I don't want to say a debate, but... Um, and we were talking back and forth, 
in regards to uh, homosexuality, you know, with cause of this uh, Civil Rights Act uh, with the LGBTQ community and uh, how that reverts back to 1965, uh, that you can't hire somebody in regards to race, religion, and sex, which was always defined between uh, men and women, and now they've included uh, LGBTQ in that. And uh, this individual, even though I was trying to be as kind as I could, in fact, I was one of the, uh, the topics of discussion or devotion this morning, is being nice, being kind, using apologetics, conversing with people. You know, we want to speak the truth in love. Uh, you know, we, we talked about classical apologetics. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, those pre, pre dealing with preconceived uh, ideas that some people may have uh, in regards to uh, uh, Christianity. And uh, like I said, that's 90% when we talk to people is people with preconceived ideas. But the one thing this individual said, and it's not the first time, this is far from the first time that I've, I've, had, I've heard this, is, um, well, uh, well I, I don't, you know, I don't, that's Old Testament. I, I, don't, I just disregard that. You know, whenever dealing with homosexuality, I, I get that every time. It doesn't matter uh, what Genesis tells us that, uh, you know, that in regards to marriage between one man and one woman, they want to, you know, or what it says in Leviticus in regards to homosexuality, they want to totally, completely disregard that uh, as if it doesn't apply in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And, uh, but I say, okay, well, even, okay, let's say for argument's sake, you want to disregard that, how do you, uh, you know, how do you look at Romans? Look at Corinthians, uh, and uh, how you know how they to to be you know, to deal with homosexual uh, actions is is complete uh, blasphemy in God's eyes. And and of course, uh, she tried to uh, talk away out of that too. It just amazes me, you know, uh, how uh, people completely and totally disregard. Uh, God's word and she said well uh, you're supposed to be a pastor and you're not supposed to be having hate and I'm like I said I never at any time ever said I hated anybody on the contrary I had said several times homosexuals or any other individual is welcome at the church that's where they need to be it is a hospital for the sin sick where all of sin is falling short of the glory of God that's where everybody needs to be but don't expect to, to that to be condoned or any other sin condoned see that's the problem with too many pastors is um, is that uh, that apostasy that that they, they have made compromise with the world and so when someone speaks the truth now, uh, you have Christians who have been brainwashed where they've compromised with the world and they look at you like, well, what's wrong with you? That's not what I was heard. Well, you know, that's too bad that you were taught incorrectly. And that goes back to a seared conscience uh, because there are those out there that their consciences have been seared. And you have uh, people out there who are uh, apostates and who are uh, teaching wicked things, who are who are misleading individuals. You know, there was a, um, I thought it was very interesting, uh, there was a, uh, a, a, Cam a Cambodian dictator, uh, Pol, Pol Pot. <laughs> I should like to have a name like Pol Pot. <laughs> but anyway, apparently this dude was evil. In fact, he was executed in 1998. He had, he, had, he had executed millions, several million people. People just had glasses on, all right? He would execute them. And he, he, at the day of his execution, he said that his conscience was clear. And uh, it wasn't that it was clear. His conscience had been seared. That was the problem. 
And so that, that's just it. There's a lot of people out there, their conscience have been sealed. That's what God's Word talks about, how the people will be, if they don't turn away, they'll be given over even over to an even more wicked and depraved mind. And uh, But, you know, this individual is trying to say, you know, I know a lot of nice homosexuals. I said, I never said they couldn't be nice. I never said, they, they, you know, uh, that they, they couldn't be wonderful people, but it doesn't neglect the fact that they still need the Lord, just like anybody else who's out there. You know, sin is sin. I don't care if it's gay or straight or whatever. If you're doing something that's completely contrary to the Word of God, that needs to be addressed. And that's why we have to point people to the cross. We have to make sure people understand that they need saving that they need to repent, that they need Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do as Christians, is to point people to the cross, point people to Jesus Christ. Don't make allowances for their sin, not make excuses for their sin, but make them understand, hey, you need the Lord. You know, you've heard Dad talk about the uh, uh, the the chalk uh, drawing up there in, in, the, in, our, in the office uh, that he saw when he was in school that uh, the uh, people making the daisy chains while those are going off the cliff. I, in fact, I did a little uh, meme, if you will, I'll have to see if I can find it, where I had people on the on a uh, park bench on their cell phones, and they're looking at that while people are going off a cliff and dying. Because it's the same concept, you know, there's people that's just turning a blind eye and allowing people just to walk off the cliff into hell. When you can make a difference, when you get out there and try to talk, try to engage, try to tell others, this is wrong. Instead of sitting there trying to love everybody to death, maybe you need to warn them and explain to the to whoever it is. Like I said, I don't care if you're gay or straight. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you're going to spend an eternity in hell. And that's why it's up to us Christians to get out there and tell them about the love of Jesus Christ. If you're sitting there doing nothing, then you are to blame. And I think we're going to answer for that if you don't if you do that. Now I want to look over here. Let's see here. As far as um, let me think here. Um, there was a verse I was wanting to look up. I thought I'd written it down, but apparently I didn't. I was trying to think here. Um, I don't know if it was. Let me look here real quick here. Verse I was wanting to look at. Um, well, there's one as far as being seared. There is First uh, Timothy four two says uh, through the insincerity of liars. Who consciences, whose consciences are seared. And of course, you can look also in Titus 1.15 at that. Um, I don't know if it's Romans 3 I'm thinking of here. Let me look here. Not sure. See, I write a bunch of stuff down on my notes, and then I, then I forget to go back and, <laughs> and clarify the, the point I was wanting to make, and then I can't remember what I wrote down sometimes. Let me see here. Um, yeah, uh, Romans 3, 24, 25 said, um, well, it's 3, 23, it just goes back to exactly what I was saying. Uh, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This is, was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. So we see that, you know, when, when Christ is sacrificed on the cross, you know, that took care of sins. You know, when dealing with the, uh, with the conscience, you know, we need to understand that past, present, and future sins have been nailed to the cross. See, that's where the, the devil wants to keep us captive. That's where he wants to keep us in a stronghold, uh, is to say that, um, you know, we he wants us to constantly keep looking at the past, at the past mistakes. You know, just uh, this, this, this evening, you know, I was, I was getting ready. Now the blue, uh, some things just popped in my head that I've done in the past. I was like, 
oh man, you know, just it just it makes me cringe at some of the things I've said, some of the things that I've done, and and my goofy sense of humor that's hurt people, and I just you know, ah, you know, I, I just. I just want to wish I could just go back in time, you know, I'd be like a liar, liar, that movie Jim Carrey, where they found him in the bathroom, and he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm kicking my own backside, you know, that's what I would do, I'd go back in time and kick my own backside, but I have to keep reminding myself, those things in the past have been forgiven, I am set free, I have to let that go and move forward, see, that's the problem with our nation, so many people are captivated by the things of the past, they can't move forward. You know, that's why they're so stuck in, uh, in, in uh, the civil rights of the 60s, or they're stuck in the uh, times of the Civil War. They're, stu they're stuck in the past. They can't forgive. They can't let it go to move on. That's one thing that's going to That's why I'm saying this one. The only thing that's going to repair uh, our, our, our race relationships is Jesus Christ. Understanding forgiveness, understanding love, putting away bitterness, putting away wrath, putting away those things, and looking forward to the things of the cross. Understanding Christ's love and forgiveness. And we can understand that, then can we have a, a, a proper relationship, uh, no matter what ethnicity anyone is, we can have that right relationship and we can move forward. Learn from the past, move forward. You know, that's what we have to do as Christians. Learn from the past, learn those mistakes. Try to do better. And when you see those pitfalls and snares, we understand, hey, last time I was in that direction, I screwed up. Let's avoid that, and let's go in this direction. And uh, that's what we have to do. And so uh, that's what Jesus Christ allowed us. Um, let me see here. Oh, I know what I was going to say, too. Uh, you know, that's one thing that wonders why they hated Paul, because he said, my conscience is clear. And that's, that's one thing that got him into a lot of trouble and that made the, uh, the Pharisees and those mad at him. Uh, because, you know, again, they thought the only way to be pure, the only way to have their conscience clean, if you will, is to go through these outward ritual acts of purification was the only way to do that. And for him to say that was an affront to their sensibilities, was an affront to uh, their practices uh, in regards to those those old rituals. And so they, they that's why they, they wanted to have him killed for the things that he believed and understood. But, but with God, with Jesus Christ, what he provided allowed his conscience to be clear. There's a lot of people out there who eat up with guilt, eat up with shame, eat up uh, and don't know what to do. That's why you have people who will cut themselves. You have people out there who, uh, uh, who, who do all these uh, crazy things out there to try to make up for that guilt and shame when all they have to do is bring it to the foot of the cross. All they have to do is give it to Jesus Christ. And He will forgive you. He will uh, give you regeneration. He will reconcile you. He will give you redemption, sanctification. Jesus Christ can give you the very things that you are searching for and longing for and looking for. Only Christ can fill that void. Only Christ can give that healing. That's what people have to understand. Is only Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. All the rituals of the Old Testament wasn't going to get them there. All your good deeds is not going to get you there. See, that's, that's the, the biggest problem. I see this time and time again that people keep saying to me, well, I'm not good enough. Uh, I, uh, uh, you don't know the bad things I've done. Uh, you know, or, you know, and, or those who are on the opposite spectrum, well, look what I've done. I attend church every Sunday. I give a big tithe. I, I am benevolent to the poor. I feed the hungry. And they think all those things are going to grant them entrance into heaven and nothing could be further from the truth. It's only accepting Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, will that grant you entrance into heaven. But those out there who are hurting, those out there who think you're not good enough, guess what? None of us are good enough. Ain't one of us good enough. 
but Jesus Christ makes you good enough. See, that's the great thing about that, that Jesus Christ makes you good enough. He cleanses you. So if you wait till you try to straighten yourself up before you come to church, you will never enter into the gates. I mean, enter into the into the gates, into the doors of the church. Uh, and, and that's one thing. That's why you heard me just say saying ago, the church is the hospital for the sin sick. I've heard my dad say this many times uh, growing up, and it's true. It is. It is where you go. You know, when you're sick. And you, uh, of course, uh, trust me, me of all people, I stay sick, uh, you know, 90% of the time. But and so when you're sick, you have to go see a doctor and they have to, uh, you know, assess the situation and uh, give you the proper medication you need to hopefully get you on that, uh, uh, that path to healing and good health. Well, for those of us out there that are, uh, are sick spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, only Jesus Christ has the right prescription to give, bring about the proper healing you need uh, in your heart, mind, soul, body, and being. And it's only Jesus Christ. That's why uh, I have these. Um, I have one that's over there in my in my uh, uh, briefcase. But um, is I have these little. Um, they look like uh, prescription pads. And then it says Fountain Life Bible Church. I made sure it said bold letters, Fountain Life Bible Church, Dr. Matthew Young, D. Men, because I don't want anybody to think I was trying to pass off uh, fake uh, uh, prescription pads there. But my point is that when I do counseling, that when a doctor gives you a prescription to take, uh, you know, uh, three three times a day uh, for six weeks, uh, and, and then, you know, that you'll get this filled at Walmart, I give you a scripture, I give you the word of God that you can read. And I tell people, I said, you don't take this to a pharmacy. This is fillable with any Bible. And you take this and you digest this daily. You understand this daily. You read this daily. You memorize this daily. That is the only way you want to get the proper spiritual healing that you need and that you're longing for. See, the old devil wants to keep you away from God's word. He wants to keep you away from praying. He wants to keep you away from those things that can help you and heal you. That's why he wants to psych you out and make you think, well, you're not good enough to go to church. If they only knew what you did, when you walk in that church, they're going to look at you and know exactly what you are and what you've done. That's what the old devil wants you to think. And that's what keeps a lot of people out of there because he knows that Jesus Christ has the answers that so many are longing for and looking for and in need of. And so, you know, that's, you know, when I, uh, years ago when I used to uh, run across country, you know, or if you played sports, you know, one thing that's fun to do is try to psych out the other team, make them think they're not good enough, make them think they're not strong enough, make them think they're not capable. Guess what? That's what the devil tries to do to you as people is to make you think you're not good enough, you're not strong enough. But guess what? Jesus Christ gives you the strength gives you the ability to endure, to persevere. That's what we're, we're seeing here right now, is that the, the ritual acts of the tabernacle was just a foreshadowing, just a, 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 a um, shadow to point you to the reality of what Jesus Christ was going to do and has done for us. And so that's what we need to take heart in, is understand Jesus Christ's atoning work upon the cross. Praise God that Jesus Christ went willingly. You know, he did wasn't forced to, like uh, we see the, in these animal sacrifices, that he was rational. He knew what he was doing. He did it willingly. He had the Holy Spirit there. You know, we read that here about the eternal spirit uh, in verse, um, let me make sure here, I'm telling you, right, verse, what was that, 14? Yeah, verse, verse 14, uh, through the eternal spirit. You know, he had the Holy Spirit there to, to help and guide him as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why you know, he said, uh, uh, when Jesus Christ uh, said, you know, if it's, be, if it's not be your will, that this cut pass by me. And, uh, but he had that Holy Spirit there to encourage him as well. 
So, and just as we have the Holy Spirit to encourage us. But, you know, we have Jesus Christ. And uh, we understand, hopefully you understand that atoning work, what he did on the cross, that sacrifice he did uh, that uh, was eternal. Remember, all these blood sacrifices of the animals was only temporary. But what Jesus Christ done, his blood was eternal. And so we never had to go back to those, those sacrifices that never really gave us full forgiveness anyway, or gave them full forgiveness anyway. But it's only through the blood of Jesus Christ that gave us true, long-lasting forgiveness. So if you're eating, if, you're, if you have a conscience that is um, uh, filled with that guilt, filled with that shame, if you have a, you know, if you are eat up with worries of the past and shame of the past, give it over to Jesus Christ today. Understand His love. Understand what He can do for you each and every day. He can give you forgiveness. He can help you uh, to deal with that conscience and give you that clean conscience. And uh, you know, take it a day at a time. You know, uh, some people will always wonder how I'm gonna get through tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Take things a day at a time. Give today to Jesus Christ. You scrub today, give a brand new start tomorrow, try again. Keep trying. You know, it's like uh, my mom, uh, she used to teach us at home. She always had that saying, said, if first you don't succeed, try, try again. <laughs> and uh, she used to say it so much, it made me want to go crazy. But <laughs> so, if you, you know, it's, but it's, you know, you go back to that. If you first you don't succeed, try, try again. Keep trying. And God will give you the ability to persevere, endure, and keep pushing forward. And just like old Jiminy Cricket said, you know, he said, uh, uh, a conscience is that still small voice that people won't, li won't listen to. We have that still small voice. You know, uh, Jiminy Cricket obviously was a fictional character. But again, going back to reality, we have Jesus Christ. We have his still small voice that we need to listen to that will guide our conscience, that will guide our heart, that will guide our mind. We have that that have Jesus Christ, and we need to be still, and we need to listen. Pray for discernment. Ask God, what is your direction for my life? And listen to that still, small voice. That's what I pray every day. Lord, let me hear your still, small voice. Give me wisdom, discernment, to know that it's you, to carry out everything and anything that you want done. And that's all that we can do each and every day is give it over to the Lord. When you fall, I don't want to sound cliche, but when you fall down, just look up, put your hand in the nail-scarred hand, know he's going to pick you up, dust you off, and help you to keep on going. And uh, I think that's one thing that shows a, a, the, uh, uh, an earmark of a Christian, that you don't give up, that you keep pushing forward. We're all going to mess up. Like I say, I, I'm, I feel like the Apostle Paul sometimes, I am the, the chief of sinners. You know, I feel like it's all I do is screw up, mess up, and say things I shouldn't, think things I shouldn't, do things I shouldn't, the very things I don't want to do, I do, and the things I want to do, I don't do, just as the Apostle Paul uh, said. But uh, uh, all we can do is uh, know that we're forgiven and know that we're loved and just keep pushing on, keep on, keep it on. Pick yourself by your bootstraps and just keep on going. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you for this time together this evening. Lord, thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Lord, thank you for what you've done for us. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for never giving up on us. And thank you for loving us. Lord, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God to protect us. We'll meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this evening and uh, just want to give you a friendly reminder to uh, uh, don't forget Sunday morning at um, uh, sorry I thought I had a text here uh, don't forget uh, Sunday morning 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, we'll be at the church and uh, if the weather permitting we'll have an outdoor concert bring you a, a picnic lunch a picnic lunch and uh, uh, bring you a blanket and sit out there and enjoy the music and uh, hope everybody has a wonderful Father's Day weekend and uh, just want to tell my dad how much I love him. He's a great dad. Couldn't ask for a better dad and uh, praise God for him and blessed to have him as my daddy and uh, you know it's one thing my dad truly loves the lord jesus and what you see at the pulpit he's no different at home he's just as mean in both places <laughs> so so happy father's day my father and uh, hope he has a uh, hope he knows how much i love him so hope everybody has a great day today a fantabulous day and thanks for watching god bless